Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody on 670 The Score. In Odyssey Station. The whole road trip has screamed for Matt Mervis. We got a previously very happy and positive fan base starting to get a little grumpy. And then they announced that they're calling Mervis. Oh my. Oh my. Forget about this one. That ball is into the parking lot. Mervis with his fourth of the year. Hello to Mervis. Belted to right. Way back. Way gone. I, mean, I don't know that I've. In my 15-year career, seeing somebody you know take such a jump and start an A-ball and end up as you know a guy that's on everybody's lips, it's uh, it's pretty impressive and says a lot for the type of player that he is. Mervis drills it right field. Noel watches it go. Put by Matt Mervis. New year, still mashing. It's fun to see him keep hitting and hopefully he keeps hitting all the way up here. <laughs> I can tell you that I have higher expectations for myself than anybody will ever put on me so you know my job is to, to show up to the field every day and help the Cubs win he's babe effing ruth morell going to third he will slide he's got a triple round of applause for sean sears today you know, he's man-crushing super hard over Matt Mervis. He wanted him to play today. And if it was up to Sean Sears, he'd play to, he would have played today. I tried to go pick him up from Iowa. They just wouldn't let me do oh, it. Oh, I know. I know. I heard you tried to buy the plane ticket and everything. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I was asking Ricketts for a private. You know, I was like, hey, man, I'll take care of this. I'm here video. for it. So, uh, fantastic. Uh, nice little intro there. Nice little ode to Matt Mervis, who will be playing his first game tomorrow, right? He's gonna be playing his first game tomorrow. Yeah, he's I mean, He's gonna be up on the roster. I don't know if he'll play. He's gonna, play. They're gonna. He's gonna get. A, he's they gonna need get a bat right I now. I mean, what about Eric Hosmer though? Dude, if that was a, if that was a real question, they wouldn't be bringing up Matt Mervis, bro. Let's be honest. They need the designated bunter, man. Is, is there anything in sports that brings out the fanboys more than Cubs prospects Dude, coming up? I love this. I love this trash on Sean Sears thing. <laughs> no, it's okay. Oh my bad. I don't know. Like, like you're you're insinuating that fanboy is a bad thing. I don't know. That's a oh, bad thing. He's a fan. He's I guess a, it's the word boys. He's a boy. Right? Okay, fan man. <laughs> fan, fan man. Yeah, Sears. I'm a man. I like that. I like that. That doesn't sound as bad. <laughs> I know we're gonna get to it, but I, I mean. I did pre and post for the 2015 Cubs, so I saw Ooh. the parade and the fanboy man, level fan was fan, fan man. man. The fan man level was high, so it is kind of good for me. This feels like a reunion for me too. Okay, that Matt Mervis is coming up because finally, 
Cubs fans can get excited about a prospect again. Well, the, the interesting thing is that the Cubs are actually decent. And Cubs fan man, men fan you man. know, usually get excited when the Cubs are bad. Do you get mad at fanboy, Sears? Seriously, you could tell me. It's okay. No, We've been no, working no, no. together long no, enough. No, 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 no. That doesn't bother okay. me. I'm a, I'm a, I know I'm a homer at heart. So. Yeah. No, no. I, I'm triggered by that because I hate it when guys talk to themselves and they're like, all right, boys. Or, hey, boys, let me do that. And I'm like, no, dude, it's men. Gentlemen. Call them gentlemen. Call them. So I get triggered by those kinds of things. Oh, okay. So you're actually mad at me to start the show. For Sean. Because I, I, would imagine, <laughs> I would imagine that you've been called a fanboy once or twice in your life, too. I'm just more, guessing. More often than I would like to. Admit. Yeah, no. No, and it's all good. Like, you wear your, your heart on your sleeve, but yeah. I know that if you get pushback, it's going to be people calling you a fanboy. It's just the I, way it goes. You know, and I guess another reason why boy sticks with me and hurts me is yeah, because, boy! Is because I, I was in an R&B group, and people used to call it a boy band. And so that oh, term boy just kind of sticks around. There's you know? the real trigger. It's boy, hey, boys. And I'm like, dude, we're men. Dude, we mm. need, like, a... 10 to midnight show to talk about our lives because I want to yeah. know more about the boy band. I want to know more about R&B your jail group. time. R&B group. R&B group. R&B group. Oh, I'm sorry. Boy band. <laughs> no, you just did. I just did he's, it. He's Mark Grody. <laughs> I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. <laughs> it's time for the trifecta. The top three stories that have been living in my brain rent-free all day. <laughs> number three. Of course, number three, as we just kind of touched on and alluded to, uh, the Cubs lost to the Washington Nationals today. Which we'll get to in detail. Mark Grody, somebody who's a little happy that the Cubs lost today. What? Huh? Huh? Seven o'clock. Make sure you're here for it. Why would I be happy the Cubs (laughs) lost today? Seven o'clock. No idea. Jameson Tyone uh, on the bump gave up three in the second. Cubs blanked all the way to the eighth. Um, Score was two to three. That wasn't until Nico Horner stepped up to the plate. Horner. There's a ground ball into right field. Base hit for Nico Horner. Heading home is Mancini. He'll score the tying run. Nico Horner comes through. Sharp ground ball single into right field. Ball game tied at three. And that Cubs dugout on the third base side is alive for the first time in several days. Pat Hughes with the call right there. Then with two outs, Dansby Swanson was up next. Unfortunately, lined out. Cubs Nationals nodded at three going in. To the bottom of the eighth, nothing happened there. Top of the ninth, Cubs couldn't put anything together. And then in the bottom of the ninth, Nationals, first batter, uh, uh, Alex Call hit the homer to deep. Nice little walk-off. Look at Sean crying mm. over there. Look at him. Boxberger! Brad Bo- <laughs> was it, it was the first pitch, too. Brad Boxberger comes in looking all confident and Boxburgery, And the first pitch he throws a homer. It was a Wild. weird call, too. From I was watching on TV and Boog wasn't saying anything. So it just it floated. It was almost like a hawk call where the ball floated He's around. Pissed. I guess. I guess because I had no idea off the bat that that ball was going to go. Right. But we all watched it go. It's one of those things where you're like, I'm sure, I'm sure Boog's calling it. He's like, no. Crap. Are you kidding? In his mind. In his mind. And he's like, I can't say the things that I'm thinking. So I have to take a beat right here yeah. and let this whole thing. You don't want to get too excited <laughs> yeah. for the visit. For this. Yeah, yeah that's true. In that moment. Boxburger. even. Uh, did you see how long the game was? I didn't see what was the final time. Hour 55. Jesus. I mean. Hour 55? The first six innings flew. Like, Hour I'd like to know. 55? I want to know what the first six innings were. Yeah, that's cray. That, that's what I talk. Wow, that was, that's what I talk. I like that. Yeah, I I've, been, I've been watching uh, Only Murders in the Building, <laughs> and Steve Martin and Martin Short throw in, like, small, subtle, like, 
you know, pop culture words. Uh -huh, right, to impress people. And I just did a boog where I, I stood quiet because he I did, heard you say you, it. You were, maybe that's what happened to Boog. He was just so shocked. He's like, wait a minute, who is this guy? Alex Call? He's like looking down on his sheet like, oh, are, Alex Call. Are you effing kidding me? Unbelievable. Hour 55 minutes is, listen, I'm here for the shorter game. I'm here for it. Here for it. But I'm not, I don't know if I'm here for the hour 55 game. Hmm. I'm here for the 230. I'm here for the 230. Doing some change, you know. I think NBA basketball, I think a shorter NFL game. I'm here for that. Two hour game is like an anomaly. I know it's an outlier, but it is just like way too 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 quick for my I blood. I think I'm okay with it. I think yeah. I want to I've, have you been to a game this year? No. Okay, so the the only the only time so far this year that it I felt rushed in a baseball game was being at That's a so game. Funny. I was at a Cubs Padres game. And then all of a sudden it's like the seventh inning. I'm like, I'm there with some some other guys on the Bears beat. And I'm like, we have, we barely even started gossiping yet. You know what yeah, I mean? What like, do we gotta do about yeah, that? Yeah. Uh, but of course, Cubs take on the Marlins tomorrow. Make sure you guys are uh, listening up for that. I'm sure we're gonna talk about it a ton with, about Mr. Matt Mervison likes number two. Uh, not that the Sox fared any better. Just want to be very clear. Uh, Sox lose today to the Minnesota Twins. You know. The, the, the heartbreaking part about it was, you know, after taking the first two games uh, of the or of the series from the Twins, ensuring their first series win of the season, the White Sox were trying to make it a clean sweep versus the Twins. Uh, they were up 2-1 in the seventh with two outs. Pa uh, Giolito's pitching a gem, and then Pedro Grifo comes out to the mound. I love what Steve Stone said during the game, that if Pedro Grifo would have been walking to the mound, then there would have been a certainty that they would have pulled him. Right, giving your uh, guy that's coming in a couple more seconds to have a couple more pitches. But the fact that he jogged out there briskly told Steve Stone that he was probably just trying to have a conversation with him to see if he had anything left in the tank. He's going to leave him in. I, you know, when, it, when a manager is coming out to get you, he usually walks slowly, allows the pensman to pick up a couple of other pitches. But Pedro hustled out there, asked Lucas the question. He probably said, you got enough left to get this guy? Lucas answered in the affirmative, and he leaves him in the game. So it's Gordon and Giolito on one and two. He got him to pop it up on a fastball. I love plays like that. I love when coaches can show confidence in their players, especially even though he, like, during that at-bat, he went over 100 pitches, which is like, the, ooh, taboo, 100 pitches. But you let him do it. I love things like that. Anyway, uh, regardless of that happening, uh, unfortunately, Sox couldn't put any more runs on the board. Um, after Byron Buxton tied it up in the next inning off of Reynaldo Lopez, mm. that was tough to watch. Yeah, it was tough to watch. Um, and then no runs were like Billy Hamilton had a couple opportunities to, you know, get the game going. Dude. Oh, you were watching? <laughs> Dude. The eighth inning. Yeah. Billy Hamilton is on third with nobody yeah. out. Stole second immediately. <laughs> yeah. The best part about that was they did a live cut in to Ozzy and Frank with Chuck Garfine for the post game. And I love Ozzy. And he was like boasting a little bit because they didn't think they were going to pinch run for him in the eighth. And Ozzy was like, ah, I told you. And because Frank Thomas said he didn't want to lose Andrew Vaughn's bat. Ah. And then it comes to bite him a little bit later because Billy Hamilton came up with an opportunity to win the game a couple times in extra innings. And just couldn't put the bat on the ball. Eloy, Tim Anderson, 
and Hanser Alberto all grounded yeah. sharply to the left side of the infield. I so you look them back. Sharply. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Easy yeah, enough to, yeah, to look yeah. Billy. Like, Billy, you know yeah. Billy Hamilton's like, you put that ball a little yeah. bit in the hole, I'm taking off, man. Yeah. Or even if the infielders are back on their feet and they're not re- – like, the, even Billy Hamilton couldn't work the magic like he did last night. It, that was, I mean, it happened a couple of times, but that, but that eighth inning really stood out. To I really me. wish he would have been able to win the game with his bat at the plate. Unfortunately, they walked Benatendi two times in extra innings. Both times, Billy Hamilton came up, couldn't come through, and then in the twelfth, Twins put up five and uh, uh, end up taking the victory seven to three. So. Poor Sammy Peralta. Sammy Peralta making his uh, debut for the White Sox. Gives up a hit. Bases loaded walk. It was just kind of a nightmare for him. But but it was a... Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that because Sox win their first series of the season. Don't, 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 don't. Yeah. You know, go talk about your Cubs. You know what he's doing? This is is about... This is the Matt Mervis cockiness. No, no. No, no. This is just... The Cubs have a prospect coming up, so let's demean the White Sox yeah, prospect. That was, that's what that's what's going on with Sears over here. It's a here. classic play. You Works every time. Go too. ahead, go ahead and give me my number one. <laughs> number one. All right, enough baseball. Uh, we are going to talk uh, football at length, so I just want to give some basketball nuggets. And no, it has nothing to do with Jokic. Oh, see what I did there? Nuggets, Jokic. Oh, very gotcha. good, very uh, good. I so thought I missed something first, by Jokic. <laughs> the Lakers take on the Warriors tonight. Lakers up one zero. On the uh, dubs, who do you got in this one? No, definitely Golden State. Yeah, yeah, uh, money line. Who d- ah, <laughs> see what you did there. Later, later. Do you, okay. do you think they're going to take the series? Um, man, the, I do think. Oh man, I do think Golden State will win the series. Yeah, so and, and in some of its desire, I, I want Golden State to win the series. But I do think that that Golden State will turn it back on. They're not going to lose two in a row at home. My no. prediction is that my prediction is solely based on my hate for LeBron James. So. Yeah, I do have the Warriors winning as well. Oh. Uh, next nugget, the Milwaukee Bucks parted ways with longtime head coach Mike Budenholzer. Uh, he's been with the team for five seasons. It's pretty heartless, though, seeing that, you know, the coach lost his brother during the playoffs. Yeah. It's like, dude. Uh, hey, now how about this? Here's, oh. your, here's your job, loss. Yeah. <laughs> dude, oh. that's terrible, man. I just feel so. I mean, like you're like, damn. Yeah, I know. No, just, I feel bad for the guy. I mean, look at you ever watch Budenholzer? I mean, like, yeah. coaching. He just looks like a. He needs a break. He looks like he needs a nap. So, okay, okay. But I um, can see that he's gonna he, find a job quickly. He looks like he's on like his last wit's end a lot. You know, he does have that yeah, look. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, just like he's like a I've second wave. Yeah, like he just looks like a guy who would throw the clipboard down. Right. And just he's like a ten seconds away from a Bob Knight meltdown. You <laughs> look know? him up right now, and, and you know what we're talking about. I like it. Well, apparently um, you love Budenholzer. I'm sorry. No, Gabe. I just yeah. I just have a heart, and he lost his brother. So oh, just oh I didn't know that that was the point of you doing <laughs> just, this. Uh, I'm just like, okay, yeah, I got the boys over here just being heartbreakers. Jokey jokesters <laughs> over here. Yeah. Real funny. <laughs> he looks like he just needs some sleep, and he's going through it. Well, yeah, he actually is, guys. <laughs> he actually is. All right, they're going to trifecta for the day, ladies fair. and gentlemen. That's a magic number. Right here on six seven, you score. Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, going to be a fun show as it. Always is with Mark and I are right here in this studio for you guys broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Shout out to everybody listening on the Odyssey app. Shout out to everybody listening on our HD2 channel 104.3. Uh, before we go to break, does Giannis come to the Bulls? You know, there's all that talk that he wants to go to a big no. market. Now the coach is gone. No. You know, he's going to be there for a little bit, but he'll never be with the Bulls. No, never. The Bulls just don't get those guys unless they draft Derrick Rose number one overall. Or unless Giannis is like, hey, you know what? I, I, I do want to go to, you know what I'm saying? I do want to go to the Bulls. Listen, I'll tell you this. I know a guy, Luke Canellis, has a really good Greek restaurant, Avli. And I do know that uh, 
somebody's going to be a partner with him. And so oh. I'm just saying, there's ties here. You think Giannis would be a partner with Lou? Is that what you're saying? Since he's Greek? Is that where you're going here? I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. I, well, I, apparently, you just kind of well, did. I mean, I, I, you're, you're I, I, asking I, I, us to put the dot, connect the dots hey, here. Hey, I didn't say it, though, is what I'm saying. I said I think. I said, all I'm saying is that Giannis likes, oddly, the Greek restaurant oh, here oh, in he Chicago does. a lot. Oh, he does? Oh, for real, real? So much so that he drives to Chicago with his family. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Lou Canellis and I, obviously, we work together at Fox 32 <laughs> doing yeah, the Yeah, I, I know Lou. And yeah. Lou tells me. You know, he, tell, he told me that Giannis comes down all the time with his family because he loves the Greek restaurant that much. Uh, wow. Okay. So, no, that's, that is really good to I hear. Can, I can tell you this, Giannis. It's a, it's a shorter drive from downtown Chicago to Avli than it is from Milwaukee. Yeah. Wisconsin. Is he is he into... Let's talk... Go ahead. Go. Like, is it like Gasol? Like where he, Remember when uh, Paul Gasol came here and yeah. he loved Chicago because he liked the high society stuff. He liked the opera and oh, the musicals. I do remember yeah, that. yeah. So maybe because Giannis seems like a pretty sophisticated guy. Yeah. So okay. okay. All right. I'll keep that. I was a no, but once you mentioned the the Greek restaurant thing, then Giannis, yeah. I'm here for it. We have a town called Greek Town, like most cities. <laughs> and I love. I love I love that place. I gotta be honest. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, all right. So uh, coming up after the break, uh, we are going to talk a little bit more Cubs, a little bit more Matt Mervis. You know what? We're going to open up the lines too, because I want to know if there's where are the, the the fan mans at. There you go. I know it's bad with the plural and it's men, but it just sounds better. Fan man. Where are the fan mans about Matt Mervis? I want to hear your excitement. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. You geeked up that your boy Matt Mervis is making his way up to the top. Uh, we'll get to that and your phone calls on the other side. But before we do that, uh, we got to talk to my guy, Joe Ostrowski. Uh, this segment right here with Joe is brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Please bet responsibly. Joe, it up. Joe Ostrowski here as we go inside the numbers, presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. The spot that has been cashing in the NBA playoffs for years is in play again. Last night it was the Celtics, and tonight it's the Warriors. Since 2019, when the home team loses game one, that home team is 20 and one straight up and 19 and two against the spread. Warriors, a six and a half point favorite over the Lakers. Last Thursday around this time, we were hyped for the NFL draft. Post draft, the Bears are co second favorites in the NFC North. BetMGM has the Lions as the plus 130 favorite, Bears and Vikings both plus 325 and the Packers as the plus 400 long shot. Bears win total at 7.5 after recording the league's worst record. Catch me on BetQL Daily weekdays 8 to 11 a.m. on the BetQL Network. I'm Joe Ostrowski, taking you inside the numbers, presented by BetM. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. GM, the king of sports books. It's Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. 1 0 to Mervis. Mervis drills it. Right field. Noel watches it go. Put by Matt Mervis. New year, still mashing. Matt Mervis, 36 home runs last year. First home run, first game this year. Put by. Are people calling him Mash Mervis? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's his nickname. Come on, Gabe, get with the times. Come on. You just, I only pay attention to people that are playing in the bigs. That's fair. Oh. Oh. So tomorrow, I'll pay attention to him. Mash. He's got an obvious shirt and everything, actually, on Mash Mervis. Is that why we're talking to Brett Taylor later? It's it's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody. Uh, Of course, Matt Mervis coming up to the bigs tomorrow. That's, That's just really exciting, right, for any young player to get the opportunity. We saw the kind of fanfare. That surrounded the guy from Pittsburgh who had played a million games in the minors, finally made his way up. It's just a big thing, regardless of the age, regardless of the time in your career. And here he is. It's a big deal. And, and you know, we want to talk to you guys about it and see how oh, yeah. fanboying fan you are. Boing, get it? Boing. Uh, you are. <laughs> if you're like Sean Sears, our guy over here. Uh, He's somebody, a fanboy. Somebody said, fan man is already taken. The dude that flew into the boxing ring in the 80s, copyright it. have no idea what that means. You? Wasn't it a Mike Tyson fight that somebody like kind of like jumped into the like parachuted into the ring? I don't remember that. I believe it was something like that. I thought I'd seen all of Mike Tyson's fights, but I don't remember that. Um, and then somebody said from the six three zero, the only thing that gets fanboys out more is Bears practice squad skill position player. That's so good. <laughs> or Bears something, but that's very good. That's very specific because <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, he's trapped. I know this give guy. Me three, give I me know. Three, give me three guys they're talking about. <laughs> right? No, no, no. Give me three skill. Like oh, eighth, eighth wide God. receiver, like the eighth yeah. wide, Dan, Dan, Dan uh, Sanzenbacher, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Henry, who, who was the, oh, there, there, there was a forever, Number somebody eight. will know this. There was a running back on the bears about seven, eight years ago. And he was always on the roster and then sometimes on the practice Neil. squad. Ryan Null. Ryan Null. No, it wasn't Ryan Null, oh. but that's a good one. Okay. That's a good one. I, that, that fits the description. <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> big white Ryan Null. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> love them. Because listen, because you, you know what it is. We as fans, we go out to like family night at Soldier yeah. Field, and we're yeah. like, "Dude, oh yeah, '87 was killing." Did you see Ryan Nall? <laughs> and then he gets cut, and you're like, "What? Why? <laughs> Why? What are they thinking? Yeah. Not Tanner Gentry, yeah." <laughs> Isn't it? You know, I will say that about <laughs> football great. people and evaluators. They really understand what's not real in the preseason. <laughs> yeah. They really do. Yeah. Especially, you know, it's as true. it pertains to our little world of the Chicago Bears, where we think somebody should get a chance. The Bears have been pretty good at, uh, shall we say, quelling yeah. that that talk about guys like Ryan Nolan. That's the difficult thing about getting to a 53-man roster. Oh, who is it? Harvey Unga. I knew somebody. Get, oh, Thank yeah. you, 630. Harvey Unga was the undrafted. I'm pretty sure he, was an un, he had to have been an undrafted free agent running back. I don't know off the top of my head if he ever 
ran a snap for the Bears, but he was on there. He was that guy that was always on the roster for about three or four years. And you did have people say, got to give this guy a chance, man. It's Harvey Unga. And the Bears like, no, we don't. Oh, second Holyfield bow fight. That's what it was. Not okay. a Tyson fight. I was going to say, like, the Tyson, 7, 7, for that. Tyson fights were so immaculate that I'm not, I mean, yeah. like, I am a fair weather boxing fan, but Mike Tyson, when he boxed, I would make time. I would pay for it. I would get together with friends. And they were usually probably too quick for a guy to be able to hang glide into, into the <laughs> Probably, <laughs> yeah. You get your ass beat. Yeah, exactly. It's the guy uh, from The Hangover, right? Mike Tyson? Oh, yeah. man. Young Sean Sears. Sorry, bro. That's all right, bro. Way to throw a wrench in The guy in, uh, from The Hangover. So funny. I just revisited all three of those movies. Zach Galifianakis. You watched nine hours of movies? I did. Well, kind of staggered. But oh, I, okay. I, I was like, I was so happy with the first guy. I hadn't seen it probably forever. Okay. Um, and just watching it, I realized that the first one especially holds up. And, and Zach Galifianakis, and, and this may not be breaking news, really is the funniest part of those movies. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. He's hilarious, man. Yeah, just just all of his little, not, not the crazy, wacky things he does, but just some of the subtle comments and lines they gave him. I like it. Uh, Gabe, anyway. Gabriel Mears, Mark Grody, I got you, uh, here on 670 The Score, talking about these Cubs. We get an opportunity to talk to Brett Taylor uh, in just a little bit, hear his thoughts on Matt Mervis, where the Cubs are at right now. Oh, hell yeah. But we do want to talk to you and what you think. I know we had our Logan Square guy on hold right there, uh, ready to talk about a little Matt Mervis as well. But, you know, the state of the Cubs is interesting. When you're looking at their record, granted they are one game under 500, but when you're looking at their run differential, they have the second best run differential in the National League. Don't, don't. I knew when I looked up at Sean Sears, he was going to be shaking his head like, yep. Proud father. Over oh, there. okay. <laughs> They're, uh, they've been pretty good at baseball. Actually, uh, one game under 500 isn't pretty good at baseball. By the way, I, I understand what's going on here, and I've listened to the dimension between you and other Cubs fan producers before. There's a thing Is there? with you. Like, Is you there have a thing? little resentment towards Cubs fans like that no. it seems like it's no, it's like, just me well no, <laughs> no if, I actually love Sean and I and I, pra- I praise his Cub fandom okay. and, I, and his knowledge of the Cubs I lean on it often okay but it is the it is the it's the shots that it's because you don't hear and see the shots that they take at the socks the unnecessary shots I got you Sean I would never I would never yeah, right. <laughs> It's literally I love Tim Anderson. Like, I think he's great. Sean Sears, Caesar Perez. Shh, Tim like, Anderson. Those are the top two like prime suspects right there. Caesar like, Perez. That's who oh, I've heard you going dude, at it with. Caesar I Perez, love Caesar, man. He'll be, like, he'll be like, Gabe, come on, man. That's Caesar. Gabe, come on, man. Sucks. I just don't. Cubs, though, it's going to be great. Over 78 wins. Awesome, man. <laughs> Hell yeah, we're shooting for that four games under 500. Hey, if the Cubs, if the Cubs, let's put it this way, if the Cubs were a volcano, okay, the Cubs right wow. now they are they have not erupted yet, but there's like if you go to the the peak of the volcano, I'm just gonna assume that that's what they call it, the peak, okay, the opening. There's there's a little bit of smoke starting to rise, yeah. and you could like things are sn- uh, a little bit of crackle going on with the Cubs. It ain't there yet. Uh, the Matt Mervis thing, in theory, th- that is what they need. They need power. They need three-run homers. They need big leads and they're, things they're, like that. They're like, fifth in the they're fifth in the in the National League and run scored. So I mean, they, they they're putting up they're putting that up. Yeah, but but they they've had five they had five one-run okay. losses on that one in six Ooh, I road love trip. That. Yeah, I love that. So 
And and I think it is largely because and look, Jed Hoyer has admitted this. Remember the game that the Cubs came back in when they were down by nine runs. Yep. Jed Hoyer's in the booth with Boog and JD, and they're ta- and they're talking about the game is lost as they should have. And you know, Jed Hoyer's thing was talking about the la- You know, there, there aren't a lot of boppers on this Cubs team. Is Matt Mervis going to hold down that position and be that guy when the Cubs are in theory winning again? I have no idea. But that's what they need. That's huh? what they need right now. Power. But listen, because you just said that I often, you know, maybe throw shade at, at Cubs fans and, and fandom, I don't want to do that. So you know what I'm going to do? Caesar. I am going to I am going to serve up a beautiful fanboying moment right now. Matt, hey, Matt Mervis, little highlight clip so you can get hyped up on your boy. As far back as I can remember, my mom has described me as a different person when I'm playing. There's no conscious change for me, but when I step on the field, I become a different person. Matt Mervis and Mash Mervis are, are two different people. <laughs> Matt, like I said, I'm not super outgoing. I, I kind of like to keep to myself and do my own thing, but Mash on the baseball field, my mindset's aggressive. I want to hit the ball hard and help score some runs and do what I can to help us win. My grandpa barely uses technology, but he took a selfie in a Mash Mervis t-shirt the other day, and I mean, just fired me up like <laughs> it was so funny to see that and made me really happy and, you know we're a pretty tight-knit family there's never going to be an easy path whether it's an undrafted free agent like me or or a first rounder so everyone's path is different but i think of the coaches i've played for the scouts that told me i'd never be a hitter there were friends and teammates growing up that doubted me I felt like those people are wrong, and I'm going to continue to prove them wrong and hopefully just wait for that call. Okay, Loki, that got me hyped up. Mervis drills deep to right. Off the scoreboard. Home run number 27. Matt Mervis, a walk-off home run. On this season, he has 109 RBIs. Get out of here. Would he do that for Sammy Peralta? No, do you think Sean no Sears? How much time did you spend putting that exactly. together? So, uh, admittedly, that is a Cubs video production video. I just spliced some clips together. I put that. On, I played it on Hit and Run a couple months ago. So. Okay. Can I tell you something about Matt Mervis, though, that's Please. really awesome? Please. He had. He's he, Babe effing <laughs> Ruth. No, but check this out. He is that. something. That none of those Cubs prospects were when they come came up one by Undrafted. one. The, the now that he he is described as is a power contact guy. Ooh, like on a Jose Abreu. Yeah, like like one of the most interesting statistics about him this year. You like that? Did, did that get him angry? No, the Jose Abreu. Um, Eighteen walks and nineteen strikeouts this that. year. For for Mash Mervis, if you don't, if you're not familiar with him, in 2022, he was the Cubs minor league player of the year across three different levels, and that's important to keep in mind. He he hit 36 home runs last year. This year, six homers in 24 games, slashing 286, 402, 560. So it's legit. Like in terms of, and by the way, six four two twenty five. I'm a fan. Of, I'm a fan of greatness. I'm a fan of self confidence. So as of right now, anybody that speaks in the third person, 
I am a fan. Of a little too much, I'd say. <laughs> I'm a fan of that. I don't so. think I don't think he deserves to talk in the third person. Yeah, yet. But that's just it. Ah, Sean Sears just threw something out on the ground. He's so pissed at me. <laughs> that's just it. He does. You be nice to up. Matt Mervis, all yeah. right? They want. No, I, I hope the, I hope he comes up and is the next Cubs star at first not base. Before, not before Sean Sears can become besties with him. All right, that's, all right, <laughs> that's well. I don't know that. Honestly, I don't know that Sean could handle that. I think there would be too much grovel. It's only one way to find out. Yeah. All right, coming up after the break, we get an opportunity to talk a little bit more Matt Mervis to Sean Sears' delight uh, and to talk about the Chicago Cubs team. They are performing well. I heard Spiegel say it himself. He said, hey, you know what? I am happy with where the, the Cubs are at right now, despite the fact that they're one game under 500. But what is Brett Taylor? Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. From Bleacher Nation and The Athletic, I have to say about that. We'll talk to him after the break. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody right here on Chicago Sports Radio. 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Again, coming set to the belt, the 1-1 toss is ripped in the air out towards right. Going back is Eden towards the track over by the bullpens at the wall. And that one is out of here for a solo home run. But for Mervis, that'll be home run number five on the year and extended the lead to 6-0 Iowa. How Sean Sears can continue to find Matt Mervis highlights is impressive. It's why he has a job here. It's why he's one of the best. But he continues to do it because he will be making, not Sean Sears, Matt Mervis, uh, his way up to the Chicago Cubs organization tomorrow as the Cubs take on the Miami Marlins here. Uh, and we get an opportunity to talk a little bit more about the Cubs. Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, and joining us right now on the Circuit Resort Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He's a writer for Bleach Nation, podcaster for The Athletic, and, of course, a helper for obvious shirts. It's our guy, Brett Taylor, has the best Twitter profile picture of anybody that I've ever seen in my entire life, Brett. It's a good one, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. You know, not not touched, but maybe selected from among the options. <laughs> we we got to get it from black and white, though. I, I do got to tell you that, though. We got to get it, you know, in color. That, that, that softens the features a bit. <laughs> I love it. All right. So speaking of uh, softening things up, how is uh, Mr. Mervis going to make his landing uh, when he gets to the majors, you think it's going to be a soft one? Or do you think it's going to be a rough ride for him? Well, I mean, I think it's um, the the caution is obviously we've been waiting for this for a long time, and it it unfortunately there's a confluence with how the Cubs have been performing over the last week and and feelings about certain players on the roster and how Mervis could be performing better. And so, what you don't want to create is this cresting wave of expectation. Hype is fine. Hype is fun. Hype is cool. We're enjoying this moment. But we have to understand this is a young player coming up, facing pitchers he's never seen before, of a caliber he hasn't seen before. And sometimes there is that adjustment period. But he is, you know, Mervis is a very um, gifted hitter. Uh, he's got the power, but he also understands the strike zone very well and doesn't extend. And so y- you like him to have some early success, but you just don't want to you don't want that to be the only way we could be happy of, about his arrival. 
Yeah, and uh, you know the Marlins are going with uh, Edward Cabrera tomorrow, a right-handed pitcher. So uh, I like uh, Matt Mervis's chances of potentially being in the starting lineup tomorrow. And the perfect thing about this call-up is that it's it's not just a hot hitter; it is, but it's also a it's a big need. Like the the Cubs need power. I mean, I, and I don't know. Like if you look at the the Cubs one and six road trip. You can look at it, the the five one-run losses is a good thing for the Cubs or a bad thing. The proverbial haven't figured out to, how to win yet. But th- this Mervis call-up seems to be a big area of need. So I guess the hope is, is that he comes up and he acts accordingly. Yeah, not just with the power because you make a fantastic point. Until today's game, uh, at what, eighth inning, uh, Trey Mancini hit a double and it was their first extra base hit in 19 innings. Wow. And it's hard to win. It's hard to win that way. Um, and, and the Nationals showed it off because they hit two home runs and they won. Um, and, and so Mervis, in theory, will help bridge some of that gap. And what I'd also point out is the reality of first base and DH for the Cubs is it's been kind of a black hole for pretty significant chunks of the season. Mancini has turned it around um, we know, unfortunately, Eric Hosmer is not hitting. And so w- even if Mervis were to come up and perform as a league average bat, that's going to be a pretty significant upgrade from what the Cubs have been seeing to this point. So that that is why it, it's just it's fun and exciting to have a guy like Mervis coming up because he was such a huge story last year. But he does, like you said, he fills some needs, too. Is Hosmer has been interesting this year because in, in the first couple of weeks of the season, he made a bunch of really nice defensive plays, had a couple of big hits, and now it's sort of coming to where we thought it would be. What is the future of Eric Hosmer in the Cubs organization and even in his career at this point, do you think? Yeah, the, this, I'm going to punt on the second one with his career because <laughs> I, I think it's tough. It's tough because yeah. he's not that old, but obviously it's been a rough few years right. for him. and. I think when it comes to the Cubs organization, he may survive tomorrow. You know, it may not be that Mervis comes up and, and displaces him on the roster right away, in large part because it's not hard to imagine him playing a part in Mervis's acclimation to the big leagues because Hosmer is, is a quality clubhouse guy. Everywhere he goes, he is cited as being very a very good presence, and I think the Cubs have seen that too. And that is, for as much as some fans don't like to hear it, that has real value. And I think the Cubs will probably want to be cautious about how they handle that transition. And so I think uh, Hosmer himself, uh, in, in speaking with the athletic earlier this year, talked about being that sort of mentor who can help someone transition, whether it be Mervis or someone else. And so I, I like that possibility. But um, if we're being honest, he's probably not going to hold a roster spot for too much longer because the Cubs just they, they're going to have too many other options that they need to explore. Yeah, a lot of guys on the AAA team that are major league ready. We're talking to Brett Taylor here on 670 The Score, Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody. Speaking of the clubhouse, you brought it up. I mean, much has been made about the chemistry of this team. How do you think that's going to be affected by the arrival of Matt Mervis? Do you think it's going to be just, you know, welcoming, or is it going to be some wily veterans that are kind of, you know, giving a a cold, not a cold shoulder, right? That's not going to be expected, but maybe a a tough landing for a guy like uh, Mr. Mervis. Well, the nice thing is he did have the experience in spring training being in the, in the big league camp. And so there'll be some familiarity there. And um, other than that, because of his sort of meteoric rise through the system, he won't have necessarily had a ton of personal relationships with the guys on the big league roster, but 
by all accounts, this is a group that has gotten on so well with each other going back even to, to early in the off season that I've got to believe it's, it's not going to be too hard for him to fold in and, and sort of be absorbed into uh, a group that is getting along very well. And, and that's another thing that I know is one of those soft factors that isn't fun for those of us that like to really dig into stats. But when, when you've got a group of guys that does care about each other, that does have fun with each other, that does want to do the things to improve each other's game, I think that probably does manifest itself at some point down the road throughout the season in ways that maybe we can't exactly calculate, but that do things like help incorporate someone like Matt Mervis to at least set him up for as much success as his talent and his own work will help generate. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I'm sure they'll open or they'll welcome Matt Mervis with open arms. But Matt Mervis might be another, might be another thing. <laughs> that, that's fair. That's fair. Hey, Brett, I, I feel like we've been waiting forever for for Miguel Amaya, the catcher, to come up for the Cubs. <laughs> like it's been like Amaya, he's the guy. He's the guy. There he was, 0 for 2 with an RBI today. The RBI was impressive, I thought. A 3-2 count, deep fly to left field, a sacrifice for Amaya. What's the story with Amaya? Where has he been, and what's his staying power with the Cubs organization? Yeah, boy, he's been around for a long time for a guy who's just just coming up at age 24, assigned, I think, eight or nine years ago uh, internationally. And, and he, was, he was pretty quickly one of the best prospects in the system because he was so capable behind the plate and he had significant offensive potential, which that's, that's a rare combination in a catcher. And unfortunately, although he played very well in his rise up the system over the years, he battled a lot of injury issues, especially in the last two years after the pandemic. Uh, he had an elbow injury that cost him a chunk of the season a couple of years ago. And then in the fall turned into Tommy John surgery and then, when he returned last year, he had an ankle and a least rank injury that kind of ended his season early. So for him to be called upon in this moment at all uh, is actually pretty impressive and says a lot of, about where the Cubs feel like he is despite all that missed time. And I actually thought today was a really good example of what he looks like at the plate. Um, what people will come to see is that he's a very patient hitter up there. He, he's not really going to offer it too many pitchers' pitches, um, and he's got a lot of power. And his three – it was hitless today, but all three uh, batted balls were over 100 miles per hour. Mm. I mean, he really smoked them. And um, I think what we'll want to see from him uh, over the next year and a half is just, just his evolution in working with the big league staff. And you want that familiarity. You want him to be able to help uh, the pitchers maximize their game just as he is developing in his own. Brett, speaking of pitchers, Jamison Tyone coming back today, uh, you know, got out of the second, you know, after giving up a sing couple singles in that homer, came in third, you know, looked good. Uh, only threw 42 pitches today. Was that part of the plan? Um, and then, you know, what did you what did you think of, of, of Jamison's uh, outing today? Yeah, we, ha we haven't heard anything in terms of it being anything other than the plan. He'd only thrown 45 pitches in his bullpen a couple days ago, and so he wasn't back to fully stretched out. So I wasn't expecting him to go more than 50 or 60 pitches. So even 42, it, you know, doesn't concern me much, especially because they clearly had a plan to have Javier Assad on hand to take the next chunk of the game. Uh, I thought Tyon looked really good actually for, for a guy who missed a couple weeks, didn't get a rehab start and just went right back out there. Um, 
you know, like you said, there was the home run, but he kind of bookended that by looking uh, pretty good. And and I, we shouldn't forget how important of a signing he was this off season that the Cubs felt like he was not only a steady presence in the rotation, but a guy who still had some achievable upside. And I feel like, and I'm a little bit of a homer, obviously, but I feel like we were starting to see glimpses of that just before the groin injury. And so hopefully uh, like today, he just isn't going to be worse for the wear of having missed that time. And um, you know, it's, it's been a great rotation other than the fill in issues that they've had because of Tyon's absence. Um, they've, they've looked really good throughout the rotation. Yeah. So I guess the question now is, is it, sustainable like is drew smiley in a 283 era sustainable and, and what you know so he, he was great yes. he was great yes the, the answer is yes okay is, is it sustainable <laughs> what do you think brad yeah i mean if we, if we could talk about smiley specifically and i think the cubs have liked him for a very long time and have been wanting to be able to work with him because of the uniqueness of his pitches um you know succeeding to this level maybe not expected and maybe not something that we should project out over the course of the season. But the reality at this point um, for as, um, <laughs> is, as much as it kind of sounds like a woo-woo mystical thing, the Cubs have this ability with their pitching infrastructure to bring in veteran arms and maximize their performance, maximize the results in a way that we look at from the outside. And we're kind of like, how are they doing this and how sustainable is this? Um, precisely to your question. And and yet we keep coming back to this place where they over the last three, four years have had that success. And so um, I, I, you know, you're only as good as uh, your pitching depth because injuries are going to happen. And obviously we saw the the Cubs maybe haven't weathered that as well as we would have liked, but if they have decent health among the rotation, I I think they're probably going to stay up there in that, you know, top third, uh, or better among the league, especially with this defense behind them. Brett, before we get out of here, you know, Cubs lost six out of the last seven, uh, but they get an opportunity to redeem themselves this weekend versus the Miami Marlins. Um, has, has that has that streak kind of concerned you at all, or has it kind of been on par with what you've been thinking this team was going to do? And then what, what are your expectations for this weekend series? Honestly, it's more frustrating than anything. Uh, You know, one-run games, generally speaking, are not super predictive over the course of a full season. You know, we love to talk about teams that know how to win, and they just, boy, they can always win these tight games. It actually tends to be more statistically fluky than that. Um, So to lose five in a single road trip is actually just wildly unfortunate and unlucky. And um, it, it it's also frustrating because I don't know that the Cubs were putting their best foot forward in terms of the roster construction. Mm. So you do wonder about that uh, going forward. You'd love to believe some of that luck will balance out. And I think the Cubs probably got some slightly better results for individual players in April than, than we'll see the rest of the way. But I also think they showed that this is a bit more of a talented group than maybe some of us thought in spring training. And we also are seeing this division is probably not very good. And so if the Cubs can manage to at least stay around 500 as we head toward the trade deadline, that's when you kind of maybe open your, your, your heart and you say, I think maybe they can make a little run in the second half and it might only take 85 wins to win this division. Well, that'll be interesting to see. And uh, they're projected to win 78 right now. So we'll, we'll, we're all going to be keeping a close eye on that. Brett, appreciate you, man. Great stuff. 
and I'll be looking forward to any changes in your Twitter profile picture. Thanks, guys. Brett. Have a good one. Brett Taylor, of course, from Bleacher Nation and The Athletic, hanging out with us here on 670 The Score. Make sure you guys follow him at Brett underscore A underscore Taylor. All right. It's Gabe and Groats. And on the other side, you know, I know Sean Sears was bummed by this Cubs uh, loss, as was Brett Taylor, obviously. I don't think Sears was bummed at all about anything that happened on the field. Because he's too he's too hyped up about Matt Mervis. Yeah. Yeah, may, maybe when the Cubs blew an opportunity in the ninth inning and Bellinger wisdom and somebody else. <laughs> I'm just trying one. to figure out what number he's going to be so I can buy his jersey for tomorrow, oh, you yeah. know? Just, just, just get a red marker and just, you know. Are you going to the game? I'm, I think I'm, I'm going to try to. Yeah, you yeah. are. Yeah. I'm yeah, off tomorrow, so. Oh, yeah. And, I, I mean, I live down the street. You're there, going so. good. Oh, you're going all right. <laughs> you're going real good. Well, things have been going good for one of us, either Gabe or Grody, in the gambling world, and re- with respect to the Chicago Cubs. Which one of us is it, and how much money did we win? We won't talk about the money, but we will talk about the happiness on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe and Grody right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.